I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. It's been a while since you've heard one of these. It was uh, back in April, uh, actually it was April 3rd uh, that I last did a podcast, and the reason that I haven't been doing any was because work, and also I got very busy with a comic book convention, as some of you may have noted uh, if you're following the the Twitter account closely. yeah, I was spending a lot of time at the Calgary Expo. It's Canada's second largest comic book and entertainment convention of its kind. Uh, it's the largest in all of Western Canada. And so, yeah, that was on April 30th that I did that. And I get home and I just make a quick uh, Facebook message, I think, giving my prediction about uh, Berto versus Ortiz 2, which was that I had no prediction. And then I realized that it was actually on Fox, the free TV. So I thought, oh, well, I've been up 24 hours. I spent the day, you know, (laughs) rubbing shoulders with the rich and famous of the world of uh, comic books, mostly Stan Lee. But either way, yeah, if you want to know what Stan Lee is like these days, he is 94 and old and near blind. But anyway, uh, I want to go over uh, my thoughts from that April 30th uh, card on Fox for PBC. The first fight, uh, Jorge Lara versus Fernando Montiel. Jeez, Montiel, four four times he's knocked down this fight and uh, smoked like a doobie at a frat party. I, I think this is more or less the end for him. Then we had uh, in the cruiserweight, though, you know, usually... They're light heavyweights, but this was fought. Uh, they were they were above 175 pounds, both of these fighters, and that's Thomas Williams knocking out Edwin Rodriguez in the second round. Holy crap! What a great fight! It, it, it's not pretty in terms of technique. In fact, that last left hook that Williams landed, I said it's not pretty, but it it knocked uh, Rodriguez out, and that's what really made it count. It was just beautiful to see. Like, if, if you're watching the fight, it's just going back and forth. It seems like one guy's in control, then another guy, back and forth, back and forth, until just like that, Williams lands it. Beautiful. And I, I, re- I was actually expecting Rodriguez to win the fight, but uh, no. Good for Thomas Williams. Uh, I'm hearing rumors that uh, he could be next in line for a showdown with Adonis Stevenson. After that, there was the main event of the broadcast, the rematch, well, the so-called main event, because they showed a fight after this, and, ugh, I really wish I hadn't, but I'll get to that later, and that was Andre Berto versus Victor Ortiz, their long-awaited rematch from their fight of the year all the way back in 2011. I cannot believe it's been that long, but yeah. Oh, this was a lot shorter than the first fight. There were knockdowns, and I thought as soon as Ortiz knocked Berto down, I thought he's really going to start to take control. Victor, Victor is looking tremendous. He's looking like the Victor Ortiz we saw in the first fight. And then Victor was, in my opinion, he was moving correctly. He was moving to his right, and then. Berto gets inside, catches him with this beautiful uppercut, drops him, 
and that's more or less the end. After Ortiz got up from that knockdown, you could sort of see that he was weakening with each punch that was being landed, and then finally he's down again, and uh, see, the first time I, I was watching this, and I'm watching it live, it seemed to me like Ortiz knew he was finished. He knew, okay, screw this, I'm done, I can't keep going anymore, no moss. But he wanted to do the, oh, I beat the count, but the referee, you know, he wanted to make it seem like the referee uh, reached the count of 10 too quickly or something like that. But the thing was, Jack Reese, he, he actually kind of reached the count of 10, but for some reason he still said, he, this has happened before. I'm very certain he did this uh, in Gennady Golovkin against Willie Monroe. In fact, I know he did that because he says 10, and then, you know, Monroe was up, but then Ree says, you just made it. And Monroe's like, oh, holy crap, that was not what I wanted to happen. I should have just stayed down. And then he says, I'm done, I'm done. And the fight was waved off, but I don't know. I want to believe that Victor Ortiz was more or less done in that he did not quit. And who knows, maybe I need to watch it a few more times to clearly see the look on his face. But from where I was sitting uh, in the distance from my TV, it looked like he had kind of just given up. But again, that's just my perspective. I'm not I'm not in the ring with Victor Ortiz. I really can't tell. But uh, great victory for Andre Berto. He really needed that after that uh, terrible fight with Floyd Mayweather. And I'm not going to talk about any other terrible Floyd Mayweather fights that may be happening. So shut the hell up if you want to bring that up. Do it on another podcast. Um, it was a it was a good card or a good fight. But then of course uh, PBC they kind of realized, oh my gosh, we you know this is a two hour broadcast and we've already had uh, th- two or three fights that have uh, not lasted not even two rounds. This is a uh, this is a bit of trouble. What do we do now? Uh, oh, let's get Gerald Washington to fight Eddie Chambers. See, this should have been an interesting match, but Eddie Chambers, uh, I don't get it. Calls himself Fast Eddie Chambers, but he moved like he was Fat Eddie Chambers. Slow as molasses. I... He just kept standing there and letting Washington get off shots. I couldn't understand this. I'm watching it thinking, okay, now do something. You've got a punch. You've actually got to throw shots and try to land them. So do that anytime now. And, uh... Yeah, the fight was boring. You could see that uh, after the Ortiz fight that the stadium emptied big time. It it was sad. Uh, Probably a member of um, uh, Chambers' entourage, they started a Let's Go Eddie chant, and it died. That that went out quicker than the uh, joint at a frat party. Okay? Ugh. No, terrible, terrible. I didn't understand why Eddie was sometimes smiling. 
uh, at Washington. It's like you you're not throwing anything, Eddie. He's landing punches on you. Boxing is not golf. Just because you have low punch stats, that doesn't mean that you win the round. But what do I know? Eddie Chambers is a is done. He has been for a while as a force at heavyweight, but uh, that fight more or less confirmed it. Uh, all in all, it was a good a good broadcast for PBC, but uh, they really. Uh, uh, I I wish they hadn't aired that uh, Washington versus Chambers fight. I could have done without that. And of course, the uh, week after that, we had the Khan versus Canelo fight. No shock, Amir Khan got knocked out in six rounds. I uh, I believe I had him down to uh, fall in eight. But no, six rounds, not a big shock to anybody. What was more shocking than anything else to a lot of people, I think, were some of the scorecards that the judges had. Uh, two of them had Canelo ahead, one had Khan ahead. Yeah, I- I'm not going to get into the judging of the fight. I'm not really going to get into the fight itself. This was what we expected from the beginning. Uh, Canelo Alvarez once again knocked out a smaller opponent who really had no business being at uh, that that weight division. I, I See, that's the thing. What do you call this weight division? The 155-pound division is what some people have referred to it as. Canelo does not defend at 160. He cannot fight at 154 for whatever reason. You're just a fat kid. <laughs> Sorry about that, fatty, fat, fatty. Hey, Tom, he's just a fat kid. Aren't you fatty? He's just a big old fat kid. Here's some chocolate fat, so. I'm still waiting for somebody to uh, make that version of Catchway Queen that I requested weeks ago. Or hell, well, that was months ago. But, um, yeah, not much I can say about this fight. But uh, I hope that Canelo versus Golovkin gets made soon. I keep hearing rumors, speculation that, oh, the fight has been made. Shane Mosley said on Twitter that it was uh, finalized for, I believe the date he had was May 28th. Yeah, um, the thing is, there hasn't been any confirmation since he made that announcement. That was... uh, uh, May 11th, and I'm recording this on the 18th. So, uh, you know, one week later, there still hasn't been any announcement as to whether or not this fight actually is taking place. I think what Shane meant, who knows, he he might just be confused. I'm not going to speak for Shane Mosley, but maybe he meant to say that the fight, if it's going to take place, it is set for September 17th. Now we just have to get both teams together to agree to uh, stipulations like weight. The big thing is, uh, Gennady Golovkin says, I want this to be a middleweight title fight. I want the weight limit to be 160 pounds. I want to be at full strength. Canelo Alvarez says, well, no, they keep waffling on this. Okay, Golden Boy, all of them, they, they keep waffling. It's Canelo says he'll fight him anytime, anywhere, any weight. But then it's, oh, well, it has to be at 155 pounds. I I just hope the fight gets made. I really do. It, it's a great fight. It, it, it could be an equivalent of, you know, Leonard versus Hearns. It's a classic uh, matchup, the boxer versus the puncher. I'd really like to see that fight. 
However, I don't think it's going to happen personally. If you ask me, to be honest, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think they are going to try and stall. I think Golden Boy is going to try and stall this for as long as they can. And yeah, they may also be trying to build public interest to a point, but at the same time, we're ready for it now, okay? Back in 2009, we wanted to see Mayweather versus Pacquiao in 2010. We had to wait until 2015, and it clearly was not worth the wait. And we, we know now that if they had fought then, the fight would have been pretty different, at least in my opinion, I think the fight would have been different. The result might have been the same, but uh, how it went down would have been pretty different. And I think that's what's going to happen with uh, Con or sorry, uh, Canelo versus Golovkin. Remember, Gennady Golovkin is thirty-four years old. Okay, I I I hope to I hope to God that Oscar isn't saying to Canelo, well, we'll just wait a year and a half and he'll be closer to 36 and he'll be an old man by then. Yeah. I I hope that really isn't the case. They've got to make this fight now. If Oscar really is about making the best fights available, he says, he says he is, then he should be wanting to make this fight for the end of the year. He really should. Moving on. For those of you who've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you may recall back in 2012, uh, probably near the end of 2012, I was talking about Arislandi Lara versus Vons Mardiozian, and it turns out they are having a rematch. Uh, both of them had, had have had uh, ups and downs since their first fight back in 2012. Lara, he's had the uh, victories over fighters like Alfredo Angulo and Austin Trout, but he also had the contested decision with Sal Alvarez. Oh, <laughs> with uh, Alvarez and uh, Martiozian. He's uh, I don't know. He he's been flying under my radar for the most part. I haven't been. I haven't seen too much of what he's done. There, not a lot of names on there that stand out to me. Uh, biggest ones are uh, Demetrius Andrade, who uh, he lost to, lost a split decision to, and the biggest name that he has a victory over for the most part is Ishe Smith, and that's just because familiarity. But um, they are having a rematch. If you recall. They uh the uh the first fight went to a technical draw. I believe there was a clash of heads, and they did this very strange thing when the uh, the headbutt took place. It was only probably less than thirty seconds into round nine. I believe it was round nine, eight or nine, and they decided, well, we're going to go to the scorecards, and the judges have to decide who won the first twenty seconds or so of this round. I thought that uh, Lara won, was winning the fight because he was outlanding Martiozian in every round. But at the same time, I thought that there were a lot of opportunities where he could have thrown more, but he didn't. So I think that if he wants to win this fight and retain his uh, WBA welter, or super welterweight title, he's just got to be more active. There is a knock on Lara that he runs too much. And... I can understand that, but at the same time, boxing is an art of hit and don't get hit. And that's what he did against Canelo. It may have backfired on him slightly, but 
Here, he's got a chance to, once again, make another defense of his title. And I don't know if there are a lot of big names for him left in 154 pounds. Really, I mean, who who is there? There is Demetrius Andrade. That would be an interesting fight. But um, Lara has suggested that he would be willing to fight Gennady Golovkin. I don't see that fight taking place just because, just just because. It's not that, oh, you know, Andrew, you're a fanboy, a Lara fanboy, and you think that your guy's going to get knocked out. No, I, I just don't see it happening. But that's just me. I like surprises. And I think that Arislandi Lara is going to emerge victorious this time. I think he knows the mistakes that he may have made in the first fight. And I think he's going to correct and capitalize on them. He is going to be more active. And also, we have to remember that uh, Lara, he, he doesn't knock a lot of people out. But the, when he lands, he lands flush. He lands hard. Look what he did to Alfredo Angulo's eye. That was disgusting. And I'm sorry, Virgil Hunter, that was not a thumb. But uh, I'm looking forward to that fight. I, uh, Like I said, I believe that Lara will emerge victorious. But... Uh, We'll have to see what happens. Moving on. Is Miguel Cotto going to fight Juan Manuel Marquez? I keep hearing rumors and innuendo that this fight could be taking place. (laughs) If it is, I don't know what Miguel's trying to get out of it. Other than, you know, he just wants to end his career with a victory over a Mexican fighter who is probably just as popular as himself. I, 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 I don't get it. Does Miguel really think that his best victories can only come against people who are, on the, are uh, over the age of 35? More or less, his best victory was against Sergio Martinez. Martinez was everybody knew was not the same fighter he was two years ago and yeah I will admit I did pick Martinez to win but I didn't know how bad his health was I didn't know that he more or less had just one leg to work with and also he was 39 when that fight took place Juan Manuel Marquez when this when and if this fight takes place will be 43 if I if I'm uh, recalling correctly I mean, sure, Marquez is a guy who always wants to fight the best, but um, I just don't see... I don't know why Cotto thinks that this is the best fight possible for him. It can't be. Personally, you know, maybe it's time for him to retire. He's been fighting since uh, 2000, and he's accomplished quite a lot. Uh, The first Puerto Rican to win titles in four different weight classes... But uh, if Juan Manuel Marquez is the best fight uh, he thinks he can get, maybe he maybe he should just retire. And I don't know what Marquez has uh, been doing with his time. He hasn't fought since uh, May. Oddly enough, his last fight was two years ago, yesterday. Yeah, his last fight was a unanimous decision victory over Mike Alvarado. All the way back in 2014, he has not fought since. 
part of me always thought that maybe he wanted to have a fifth fight with Manny Pacquiao. I probably not. I don't think he that's ever going to happen. And personally, why would he want that? He got the biggest victory of his career by knocking Pacquiao out. And I don't think there's any way you can top that. But uh, a fight with Miguel Cotto at his age, either way, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he needs the fight. But uh, like I said, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope that it's just a uh, a fan theory. But uh, let's keep it like that. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Eris Lundy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.